Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church. Come on now. If you're excited to be worshiping the Lord today, whether you're sitting there in your bathrobe, at the gym, laying in bed on the phone, watching this on your iPad or driving, can you say, can you just make a little bit of noise? Come on now, you're excited to be worshiping the Lord this morning. I know I am. I'm so excited, man. I'm just so excited for several reasons. Number one, on November the 1st, I get an extra hour of sleep. Come on now, somebody say amen to that. You can always get an extra hour of sleep. That's gonna be it. Some people don't like the time change. Whatever, I get an extra hour of sleep. Let's make it happen. That's awesome. Also, November the 1st, Finally, after six months, you heard what Jordan has said. We're gonna be back in person at both campuses, both locations. And man, I'm telling you what, I cannot wait to worship with you guys. I miss you all. I can't wait to see your face and uh, just worship with you guys. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing, amazing, amazing. So if you're able to, and we know some people, they're not able to right now, and we're still gonna minister to you online, and maybe you're still doing watch parties, and we're still gonna bring this to you, but if you're able, uh, we're gonna worship in person, and if you're not, listen, when, it's, when you're ready and you feel comfortable, or when it's safe enough for you to, to get out, because we know a lot of people are high risk, I think about some of my family members who are high risk, who really do, you know, can't get out right now, but you know what? If that's you, we're gonna still minister to you, we're gonna bring this to you through your phone, through the internet, through your computer, whatever it takes to get it to you, so that the Lord will speak and use it in your life. I'm telling you, this series though, whoo, man, it's been preaching at me. I mean, I, 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 we planned this months ago. In fact, well, a long time ago, we planned to do this series. And uh, as we studied for it, I thought, man, this is, this is gonna be interesting because there's some topics I never preached about before, like sloth. I never preached on sloth. And if you think about it, you look through the scripture, it really doesn't define sloth. It just says, don't be one. <laughs> you know, don't become someone who's a sluggard, okay? But what is that? And then today we're gonna jump into a big one. And I'm telling you, I never preached on this one before. Um, I really honestly, just like all, all, you know, all cards on the table, I, I really never really fully grasp what this specific sin is or what the Bible really means. There's only like seven verses in the Bible that kind of deal with this. And it is the topic of gluttony. Now, when you think of gluttony, what automatically, what automatically comes to your mind? You're probably automatically thinking of someone who's overeating. Now, that's part of it, and we'll talk about that, but it's way bigger than that. In fact, it has to do way more than what goes in your mouth. It's really what's in your heart that comes out of you. And we're gonna look at that today as we jump into this topic. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to jump with me, and I want you to turn all the way to Proverbs 23. Proverbs 23. I've been really excited about talking about things in our life that will steal our joy and Anger will steal your joy, envy will steal your joy, uh, pride will steal your joy, sloth, being slothful towards God will obviously steal your joy, and gluttony will steal your joy as well once you fully understand what it means and what it is. So for everyone who's watching this, you're like, oh my gosh, I really don't wanna hear about this, and you know, I know I got this, and hey, Thanksgiving's coming close. We didn't do this in Thanksgiving, you're welcome, right? I mean, we didn't do this, thing. but I'm not here to shame you or guilt you to go and eat more kale. Okay, can I get a witness? That is not the goal here. It's like, you gotta eat more kale. You know, I'm, that is, no, I don't know who ever wants to eat kale. It's terrible. But uh, it's good for you, but it's terrible. And, and so that's not the goal, is to eat more kale. The goal is just to open our heart and see how this, how, how gluttony, this, this kind of, this term that may be unfamiliar in some, how it can steal the joy and rob us from the things that God has in our life. So Proverbs 23, we're gonna start in verse one. We're gonna go through verse eight. So there's a few verses here, but I want to walk you through this. It says, when you sit to dine with the ruler, note well what is before you. Pay attention what the spread, what's, what you're about to eat. 
And then it says this crazy thing, put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony. Whoa, that means it must be pretty serious, whatever this gluttony thing is. Do not crave the delicacies, for that food is deceptive. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. Cast by a glance at riches, and they are gone. For will surely, the things that we long for, they surely, they will sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. Do not eat the food, begrudging, a begrudging host, and do not crave his delicacies. For he is the kind of person who's always thinking about the cost. Eat and drink, he says to you, but in his heart, he's not with you. He says, he's this guy, the guy like, hey, come over and eat anytime, come on, yeah. And then you show him like, uh, I really didn't want you to come over and eat. You know, I always thought that, people say all the time, hey, come over and stop over for dinner sometime. Okay, and you stop over like, uh, I really didn't mean that, I just kind of said that. That's, that's kind of like this, this guy right here. And verse eight says, you will vomit up the little you have eaten and will have wasted your compliments. Now, what in the world does this mean? And what in the world is this term called gluttony? Because when you start thinking about it, gluttony is everywhere. In fact, it's really the American way. Like when you really dive into this and see what it really is the American way because we just can't get enough of even good stuff. We can't get enough of it, we crave it, we want more. And honestly, when you think about it, gluttony is one of the sins that calls for the fall of mankind. Have you ever thought about that? It wasn't a sexual sin that caused mankind the fall? It wasn't it, it was at all? It wasn't this kind of gross sin you thought, hey, that would be the sin that caused? It was an appealing to the eye that Eve saw this fruit and she longed for food because God wasn't enough. Now you think about it, that's gluttony. She longed for something to satisfy something within her that was, she thought was greater than God. Now I know you're probably thinking, well gluttony in the garden, I mean come on, you know everything was good. It was that craving and longing for this specific fruit because if she did, she would be like God, that she would open her eyes and she wanted more of that. She desired something that really God intended to fill her place, but she looked somewhere else. That is in a nutshell, in a form, gluttony. So let's unmask this. What does gluttony mean? Now, gluttony comes from this Latin word means to gulp down. It means to consume. It means to take excessive. If you look up the dictionary and look up the word gluttony, it means habitual greed. In fact, greed and lust and gluttony all really similarly go hand in hand. It's, it's in the heart issue of longing and wanting. You're greedy, you're stingy, you want something for you. Lust is the lust of the eye. That's what we saw even with Eve. She lusted for something, and we're gonna talk about lust. Lust is just not sexual, and it's not. She lusted for something. She longed and wanted something. Obviously, envy is in there, or jealousy. I wanted something that someone else had. And right in the middle of it is gluttony, and they all go hand in hand. And so, when you look this in the dictionary, up in the dictionary, habitual greed or an excessive overeating or over drinking. That's what our dictionaries would say gluttony would be. But let me give you a simple definition because gluttony is more than just food. And I know what some of you are thinking automatically. You're thinking, well, a glutton is someone who overeats. In fact, you think that you can point this out. Like I have all the sins, you can't really look at me and tell me if I'm jealous or envy. You may be tell me if I'm anger, angry, if my face is really red or you got the veins popping out of your chest and you can see your heartbeat, you know what I'm saying? Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? You really can't just look at me and see pride. 
But you think you can look at someone and say they're a glutton. Now please hear me. Just because someone is overweight doesn't mean they're a glutton at all. So that's not an indication of that. But just because someone is underweight doesn't mean they've not committed the sin of gluttony. And so this is, not, this is not something from an outer appearance that you can look at someone and say, well, look at them, look at them at the buffet or whatever it may be, blah, 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 you're going on. That is not it. In fact, when you look through the scripture, God is all about feasting. He says, come to the table and feast. You know that when we get to heaven, we're gonna have a feast and you're not gonna be able to commit the sin of gluttony in heaven because there'll be no sin there. So it's not just what you think about food. God has called us to feast. God longs for us to feast. He's provided. He said, everything that I've created is good for you to eat, to consume, to, for you to have. So it, it, it's not just about, hey, can I eat a bunch or overeat? Or It's really the motive of what is satisfying me when I do it. What is the why behind that? What is the reason? And, and we'll get to that. So here's a very simple definition of gluttony. And it's not just about food. Gluttony is unrestrained overconsumption. Now think about that. Gluttony in a simple form is this unrestrained, it's unrestrained overconsumption. Now just take a look at our world. You see how we cannot just take, we don't pay attention to the sin of gluttony and overrestraint or unrestraint to overconsume the things in our life. So when I started reading through this and, and I honestly was really convicted by it, like I thought for sure, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm a lazy person, but I'm, I'm definitely gonna pass the sloth test, you know, because I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm a slacker, so I don't think I'm a, and then I'm gonna realize that sloth has nothing to do with about not resting or sleeping your eight hours in or whatever it may be. It's, are you slothful to the things of God because you got your attention on something else? Ah, oh, man, yeah, that's me sometimes. Are you a glutton? Do you, do you have unrestraint and you overconsume things in your life? got me there too. And so I just wanna let you know that I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well when I walk through this because at the heart of a glutton, and in Israel, at the heart of it is the lack of self-control. Like if you don't hear anything else I say right there, the, at the heart of it, the issue is there's no self-control. Now, that is something you can tell in people, right, when there's no self-control. You can tell how they act, how they talk, when they fly off the handle, like you lack self-control in situations or whatever it may be in your life. And listen, gluttony masks itself in so many forms. So let's just walk through a few forms and then we'll talk about how do we fix this? Because let's face it, we all don't wanna walk around committing this sin and we probably do this all the time and we're not even aware of it. We're not even aware of it that's even happening because really we're really unfamiliar with it and really it's not a term that really people talk about. Again, I've been, man, I've been preaching and speaking for 20 years. I've never, ever talked on this subject before. So it's really good to jump in and take a look at. So let, let's walk through a few things that it masks itself in. You know, gluttony uh, is also, one form of it is eating, overeating and drinking. So let's walk through that. You know, we're a group of people that we eat when we're happy, <laughs> we eat when we're sad. We eat when we're hungry, and even I, I eat when I'm full. Can I get a witness, right? Even when I'm full. So there is this thing of overeating, but it's not just about overeating. It's, it's overestimating the place that a food or a drink comes in our life. Some people, they may take a glass of wine, they may drink it, but then all of a sudden there's unrestrained overconsumption, which it leads to drunkenness. So gluttony and drunkenness is always connected to the scriptures. Gluttony, overeating, and overdrinking are always connected. And do you know when you look through the scripture, there are people like a group of people who are called gluttons and drunkards. 
But you know who was specifically called one? Jesus. The Pharisees walked up and said, he's a glutton, and he eats with sinners and tax collectors. Like, that was like the biggest, like, insult you could take and you could throw, not only that you're a Samaritan, Jesus, this guy's a glutton. Now, why would they call him a glutton? He's eating, he's feasting, he's having fun, he's hanging around with sinners. But the people were blinded and saw, and the only person that we have that we see in the text that was specifically called to their face a glutton was the Son of God who lived a sinless, perfect life. They saw that he thought, they thought he was committing this specific sin so much they were willing to call it out publicly to Jesus. So here's the question. Is overeating the, the issue? Like if you go to a good buffet, and we're talking about food, we're gonna move on from food just in a moment. Like is that really the issue? Because man, listen, there's some stuff I love, love to eat, man. And I, I, I do, I mean, there's, there's a few times, I'm gonna be honest, just, I, I eat till I'm probably sick. I, I'll be honest with you. Like I probably shouldn't eat that much, right? Or I, I, I over, sweets is my big one for me. It just, it just gets me and stuff. But is that really the issue when we see through the scripture when God says come and feast? Eat all that you want. This is your delight, delight in me, I've created this. We get to heaven, it's gonna be the spread like you've never seen before in my life. So really, what is it? Is it really overeating or is it the why behind it? Why are we turning to food to satisfy something that God longs to satisfy? This week I was counseling this lady. She, she reached out to us from Cleveland, Ohio. She found us online and she came across our anxiety and depression page on our website. She called the office. She said, I came across your website. Is there someone I can talk to? I said, sure, set me up. So we're on the phone talking. She's in Cleveland, and I'm here, and we're, we're, we're talking about these things. And one of the big problems that was uh, discovered in our conversation was this issue of loneliness. And loneliness is such a powerful, negative emotion. Like, people think when they get, they're lonely, if they get married, it would fix it. Marriage doesn't fix loneliness. I can tell you tons and tons of married people who are lonely. And loneliness is such a strong, strong negative emotion that it will cause actions in our life. Do you know loneliness is the number one cause for sexual sin? The reason why people look at porn, the number one reason, emotion, is loneliness. It's cause for sexual sin. Do you know loneliness is one of the biggest cause for overdrinking, and you become drunk? And I know a lot of people who are drunk. They're drunk, they're drunkards, and they would say they don't, they're not, they are. They will tell you that, and they said, I just drink just a little bit. I drink to get to the buzz part just so I don't think about it. Why? Because they're running from something. Every drunkard's running from something. Yes, I said that, if I'm speaking. You're running from something, and you turn to a bottle to fix it, and you unrestrained, overconsume something to fix something and satisfy that only God can do. Loneliness will cause you to overeat, that you are finding satisfaction in that instead of God. So, so don't think about enjoying yourself going and eating at a buffet like, okay, I'm a glutton. No, no, it's why behind it. Why do I turn to sweets or why do I turn to a substance or why do I turn to a drug or why do I turn to a drink to feel something that only God can feel in my life? When you take a look at that, that is unrestrained, over-consuming, something that only God can fill. So the drunk, when you see through the scripture, they're a glutton and they're a drunkard, it's because they always go hand in hand. You're trying to fill yourself with something and satisfy yourself with something that only Jesus can do. 
And when we do that, we're a glutton. We see this, we've committed the sin of gluttony. When we ask God to fill, when we're trying to fill something that only God can fulfill. So, I wish I had time to jump into this. I almost, I almost wanna preach all the way through the Lord's Supper because isn't it fascinating that God issues his new covenant in at supper time, eating, and how this is a replacement of breaking bread together. And this is what it looks like, that I'm the one who died for you. I'm the bread for you. I'm the wine for you. I'm the juice for you. When you drink my blood, you remember me that I'm the one that satisfies your life. And all we can look through the Lord's Supper and see how even the Lord's table combats this, that he is enough for us, that he is our, not, not that we're not hungry. God gave us great desires. Hunger is a great desire. Sex is a great desire. But when they're unrestrained and overconsumed of this, of what we're wanting to feel something that only God can feel, we're a glutton. And so it's bigger than what you think, I'm just going to a buffet and eat. Eat and drink and be merry, like he, he's provided this, but it's the unrestraint overconsume, overconsumption, because we're trying to satisfy something that only God can do. So I believe that's one also, and it really helped open my eyes up about fasting. Honestly, that's probably one spiritual discipline, just to be honest, that I don't do on a regular basis. There's specific times that I'll fast, but it's not like a consistent, spiritual discipline, but now I understand it. You see, fasting, I understand it's great, right? I'm gonna fast from my phone. You need to do that. I'm gonna fast from social media. That's awesome. But that's not the fast of the Bible. The fast of the Bible was always, always for food. You're saying, well, they didn't have phones. No, but they need food to live. You don't need this to live. If you think you need this to live, you're a glutton. <laughs> you're unrestrained, overconsumed by something you don't need. So that's a great to fast from, but a fast, when we call a fast, a fast is from food because we physically need it. It, we would see this with, with, with the enemy who, who tempts Jesus. He says, turn, Jesus is fasting, turn these stones <laughs> into bread, you need to eat. But he says, no, I'm not gonna give into this because there's some connection, I'm gonna not live on bread alone, but from what God tells me, and God can fill me, he's the one that satisfies my soul. It's an attitude, it's not what we put in our mouth, it's our heart of why we do what we do, an unrestrained overconsumption. So if that's not just with food, and I would say there's more to that, there's also, we can say that with entertainment, we can say that with a lot of things, like this overconsumption, unrestraint. Like if all, like think about it, Netflix came out and everybody says I wanna binge watch. You know where we get binge from? Overeating, food, we binge on food, right? And now, if you're sitting here going, I'm, I'm binge watching something for six hours, four hours, five hours a day, but then you say, I don't have time to spend time reading my Bible, then there's unrestraints overconsumption that you're trying to look for something to satisfy you that only God can do. When people say, I just don't have time to read my Bible, I don't have time to serve, I don't have time to go to church, but you'll binge watch four, five, six hours a day? Or talk to your young people that you, you'll, you'll play video games for five or six hours a day? You're, there's an unrest, I can't control myself and it's over consuming me. For some of you right now, it's social media. I'm being honest. I mean, listen, is there anything wrong with watching TV? Absolutely not. I love watching movies, especially with my family and my kids. I love it. It's one of dad's, it's my love language. I love it. Love it. Is there anything wrong? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, not whatsoever. Is there anything wrong playing video games? Nope, I play with my son. We play almost every other night. We, we play for a while. Uh, we, we have fun with it. It's something we love to do. We do it together as, as, as a family. Love it, love it, love it. Is there something wrong? Absolutely not. Is there anything wrong getting on Facebook? 
Yes. <laughs> okay. No, you can use it for good, right? We're broadcasting this. We're trying to reach people. We're ministering. You can put Bible verses right. But here's what's happening. Here's what happened. You've allowed this every time there's an alert, every time there's a ding, every time there's a, a, something that pops up, every notification, you're consumed. And what starts out for one second, before you know it, an hour has passed by, you were just looking at people, most of them you do not like, that you're probably jealous of and wondering why they feel like they've got it all together and you don't. And then an hour passes by and you're like, why do I even look at this stuff? I hate this stuff. I shouldn't even do with this stuff. There's an unrestraint overconsumption of even of entertainment that's meant that you can use it to be good, but we spend all of our time wasting that this deteriorates at our soul. And we wonder why we don't even have time to spend in God's word. So see, it's not just about food, it's about this overconsumption. We can go into extravagant living, how people overconsume. It's always gotta be bigger, better. You gotta get the biggest, latest one. And it, it's, it's gotta be new everything. I don't know if you found out this week, but man, iPhone 12 came out, I've gotta get one. <laughs> and I'm like, I just got the new one last year and it's the Pro Max and it's awesome. It takes great portrait pictures. I've got all the space in the world now to take pictures from my family, I love it, I love it. But boy, they got a new one and they changed the shape of it. Gotta have it. You see that? That desire to want new, bigger, better, more, for what cause? What is that gonna do that this is not satisfying? You see, and I know it sounds so, it sounds so meticulous, it sounds so like, well, what's the big deal about that? Really, at the end of the day, it's this attitude of just being content. We talked about in greed, that's why greed and gluttony and lust all flow in the same vein, is that I am content. God, I am content with you what I have. Paul says this, if I have abundance and my belly is full, I'm content. If I don't even know where my next meal is coming from, I am still content because I've learned the secret. And Paul said, here's the secret. I can do all things through Christ because he's the one that gives me the strength. You got it, Paul. But we are so overconsumed with technology and life and things around us that we become unrestrained to it. And when we talk about it, you can see now why I said this is the American way. This is how everything wants to lead us to go, to pull you away from good things, to live above your means when you can't even afford it. Why? Because you're unrestrained, overconsumed with extravagant life or living or trying to impress friends that you don't even like. You see, gluttony is more than just food. It's an attitude of our heart that we display to the people and to the world around us. And so you need to recognize that this it's toxic, and it can be very toxic in our life. Philippians 3, Paul writes this. He's talking about this group of people. It says their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, which is their appetite. For their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And I read that, I just wanna ask you this. What's your appetite? I'm not talking about what's your favorite type of food. What's your appetite for in life? Is your appetite to please people? Is your appetite to impress people? Is your appetite to find things that satisfy you that only God can satisfy you? Is your appetite for the bigger, better, gotta get this because I feel better about myself if I look like this, talk like this, walk like this? I don't, I don't know, you fill in the blank. What are, you, what are you craving? Because really this is the heart of it, it's a crave. You long for something to satisfy you that only God can do. What are you craving in your life that is consuming you? that's all around you. What is that crave for you? What is your appetite? For them it says their God, their appetite was their stomach. What is yours? 
Because if you're not careful, gluttony can cause you to lose the sight of your future. Did you see what he says here? Their mind is set on earthly things. Their mind are set on things of today. So gluttony is all about you. It's what you want when you want, and you want it now. You're not satisfied. It's an unrestrained overconsumption, and you're gonna go for it. And it will cause you to lose sight of the future. It will also cause you to sacrifice greater things for lesser things. For instance, you will sacrifice greater things later for lesser things now. So you'll go in all this debt to consume and to get unrestrained, uncontrolled spending or whatever it may be or habits that you have. So because I'm always gonna have a car payment, I'm always gonna have that payment, I'm always, as long as I pay the minimum on the credit card, if I always just pay the minimum balance, I'm all, it's always gonna be here, right, for the rest of my life, so why not just eat, drink, and be married? And you sacrifice greater things for lesser things. And you wonder why there's a strain on your marriage, strain in your relationship, strain emotionally, because you are over-consuming things that you can't even afford and pay for. That is the American way, and there's statistics to prove that. And we're wondering why people's lives are in shambles. Because they can't control it. At the heart of gluttony is the lack of self-control. One of the great stories that we're, I don't have time to jump into it, but if you wanna read it, it's in Genesis chapter 25. You have Jacob and Esau, these two brothers, Esau is out and he comes in and he's, he's hungry, he's starving, and Jacob, he's, he's making a bowl of soup. And he goes, I am so hungry, would you give him your soup? And Jacob says, sell me your birthright. Give up the promises that our Father has promised you. Sell me your birthright for your starving, for your appetite, and I'll give you this bowl of soup. And you know what? He gave up the best thing for a temporary moment. And he gave up his birthright and the promise that his father gave to him for a temporary satisfaction of a bowl of soup. That is the heart of gluttony. A lack of self-control, getting what you want now and not seeing what really satisfies your heart and your soul. It will cause you to neglect others because you find it's all about yourself. It's all about you and you'll begin to neglect and not serve the people around you. Here's the issue, at the end of the day, for a glutton, God is never enough. God is not enough, so I gotta have more in my bank account. God is not enough, so I gotta overconsume in this. God's not enough, so I feel lonely and depressed, so I'm gonna overeat, I'm gonna overdrink, I'm gonna overconsume, I'm gonna overgo into the substance or whatever it might be. I'm gonna go look at porn because it makes me feel good about self because I'm trying to find something that satisfied me and only God can satisfy me, but you know what? I'm not turning to him, I've turned to the things of the world to satisfy us. That's gluttony. An unrestrained, this overconsumption to be consumed was something that only God wants to consume in your life. You know, and there's a story I was reading and preparing this about two of the greatest preachers ever lived, ever lived. D.L. Moody come out of Chicago and the great Charles Spurgeon out of London. And Charles Spurgeon is the prince of preachers. That was his title and D.L. Moody was one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived. And one time D.L. Moody was over in London and he was visiting London, and he wanted to meet the great Charles Spurgeon. He wanted to meet the great prince of preachers. He wanted to meet him, he wanted to see him for the first time, because he heard all about him. They knew of each other, but they never met each other. And uh, the story goes uh, that before D.L. Moody left London, he asked somebody to take him to Charles Spurgeon's house. And he goes to Charles Spurgeon's house, and he knocks on the door, 
and Charles Spurgeon answers the door. Now, this is great. Charles Spurgeon answers the door, and when he answers the door, he's got this big, fat cigar right here smoking it, big old cigar. And the first words that came out of D.L. Mooney was, the great Charles Spurgeon has given in to tobacco. That's what he said to the greatest, one of the greatest preachers ever. He's had his big cigar. He says, the great Charles Spurgeon has given in to tobacco. And Charles Spurgeon then took the cigar out of his mouth and turned it around and he poked D.L. Moody in the belly and says, and the great D.L. Moody has given in to gluttony <laughs> and calls each other out. And then they had a great conversation and they went on and, and they had a friendship and, and going on. And, that's a, and I thought that was a funny funny moment because it's so funny to call out somebody else's sin and not recognize your own. This is not something you can sit around and say, well, they're a glutton, they're a glutton, they're a glutton. Listen, take the speck out of your eye because you have this big log in your own eye before you look at your brother and sister and take the speck out of theirs. So the reflection should be looking in the mirror and ask yourself, do I commit this? Is there anywhere in my life where there's an unrestrained overconsumption? Fill in the blank. Food, drink, media, entertainment, accolades. We go on, things of this world. Is there an unrestraint or is there really self-control? Because I know what some of you think you have self-control, but you can just look and see. Take just a moment, get around the people who love you and they will say, this is where you're out of control in your life. And then you gotta take the necessary steps to fix it. So how do you do that? What are some steps? Real quick, what are some practical things? It's not on the screen, just wanna walk you through this. Here's the first one, acknowledge your appetite. What are you craving? Acknowledge what's your appetite. Your appetite for what people to like you? You're a people pleaser, it's an appetite. Your appetite is what people think about you. Is your appetite the things of this world? Bigger, better, faster, let's go, newer. What's that appetite? What is that? Is, is there a loneliness there and your appetite is to overconsume food because you think that's what fills that? To drink, turn to substance? We can go in the blank. We can fill in the blank all the way through this. What is your appetite? I love what Paul tells young preacher Timothy. He says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in their wealth. Don't put their hope in the things of this world which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything, watch this, for our enjoyment. God has provided the place that you live for your enjoyment, the thing that you drive for your enjoyment. He's provided these things. But it's when we find our hope in them that satisfies and replaces God in our life, that is where the Apostle Paul says, no, 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 you've messed up. You've got your eyes off of Jesus. Only he can fulfill the deep longings that you crave. Here's the second thing we need to do, not only do we need to acknowledge our appetite, but we need to strive for self-control. We need to strive to have self-control in our life. Proverbs 25 says, like a city whose walls are broken through as a person who lacks self-control. Now, pastor, I just can't stop drinking. I have no control over it. Yes, you do. Pastor, I can't stop self-indulging in food to make me feel better about myself because I feel bad about myself. I lack self, you, you, you can fix it. And we could go on and on and on all the way through this, you know why? Because you've been promised you can fix it. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says that when we yield to the Spirit, 
When we walk in the spirit, there's what? There's love, there's joys of peace, patience, kind. There is self-control. And when I am out of control with my mouth, how you speak, when I'm out of control in how I live, when I'm out of control in my spending, when I'm out of control in my drinking, when I'm out of control in my eating, when I'm out of control, I have not yield to the Spirit. Because when I yield to the Spirit, I am then filled with the Spirit. And when I am filled with the Spirit, I can practice self-control over anything that comes my way. So the question is, can I? The question is, are you yielding to the Spirit? Are you trusting in the Spirit? Have you humbled yourself before the Spirit and says, you are all that I need. And I cannot get through this. I cannot get over this. I cannot get past this without you in my life. You have to strive for self-control because if you don't, listen to what he says. You're like a city who has no walls, which means you're unprotected and the enemy's gonna well on you. He's gonna come at you from every single angle because once you get out of control in one area of your life, everything's been to come. That's why you say, it's just not, no, if I'm just sitting at home drinking and, and I get drunk and don't bother me, you kidding me? It's killing your wife. You're turning your kids away from you and you're blinded by the little God of this world and you cannot see of this unrestraint, overconsumption, not only destroying you, your life and your health, it's destroying your entire family. And then we can go on and on and on with other examples, whether it's poor, whatever it may be. You got to strive for self-control and that only comes. You can't do it with willpower. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. No, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. Only the Spirit can. So you gotta humble yourself and yield to the Spirit, and when you yield, you're filled, and you'll have the self-control to overcome this specific sin in your life. And here's the last and the last thing I'm gonna say. You need to acknowledge where's your appetite. Check it out. What am I craving? What am I craving the most in my life? And then you gotta strive for self-control. That comes from yielding, yielding to the Spirit. And then here's, here's the last thing I'm gonna leave you with. Above everything else, Crave God the most. If you're gonna be a glutton, be a glutton for God. Unrestraint, overconsumption of Him. Do you know that's what He wants? For you to consume everything about Him? He wants you to overconsume in Him. He wants you to be overjoyed in Him, overflowing in Him where he fills us up as living water flowing out of you. So if you're gonna be a glutton, be a glutton for God. Be overconsumed by him. Listen, he even says this in Isaiah 55. It's not on the screen. I want you to hear what, what God says to you. He says, come all who are thirsty. Come, come to the waters. Come. All of you who have no money, Come, buy, and eat. Come to me if you're thirsty. Come to me if you're hungry. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost, because I am the one that provides this. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy you? Listen, listen to me. Eat what is good and you will delight in the riches of fairy. You know what God is saying? I am the one that satisfies your soul. Come eat from me. Come drink from me. You spend all your life being consumed by the things of it. You think by spending it there, it's gonna fulfill you. It's not. I am the one that satisfies your soul. 
If you're going to be a glutton, be a glutton on me. If you're going to crave something, crave me. If you're going to overconsume, overconsume me. And I'm telling you, I believe this. If you will get to the place in your life where all that you desire above everything else is the presence of God in your life, I desire what God wants, to live like God wants me to live, to become what God wants me to become, to do what God wants me to do. When you get just over-consumed, these things that you think satisfy your soul, you will see there are nothing compared to King Jesus in your life. I'm gonna ask people just to bow your heads. Not for sure when we started this message if you knew the way we were going with it. Because when you think of gluttony, you only think of one thing. But the spirit of gluttony is in many things. It's an unrestraint, overconsumption of things in our life that we place to try to take the place of God in our life. That's why gluttony is idolatry. And that is why gluttony is a sin. And when you look across our great world, we have allowed things and substance to become our idols. And God is a jealous God, and He wants us, as we read in Isaiah 55, to be overconsumed in Him. Come to Him. So some of you right now, you've got some things in your life that is out of control. It could be your spending habits. It could be drinking. It could be eating. It could be what people think about you. It could be this lavish lifestyle you're trying to live. It could be entertainment. It could be your media, social media. It could be what's going on in our world and it's overconsumed you so much that you are afraid to even open your eyes. You're so paralyzed by fear and it's consumed you. And God brought you here today for this message for him to say, listen, if you're gonna be consumed by something, be consumed by me. I am a consuming fire. Be consumed by me. And so, sir, ma'am, if you don't think you can break whatever stronghold is in your life, I'm here to tell you today, God brought you here today for me to tell you this, yes, you can. And let me tell you how you do it. You yield to the Spirit. And the fruit in your heart of you yielding is self-control. And by God's help, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can overcome anything in your life. I really believe that with everything within me. And so this message is not to guilt you or to shame you. It's to open our eyes to see, wow, even myself, whoa, I may not be a drunkard, but I'm a glutton. And we have to repent before God where we're being consumed with things in our life that only He can fulfill. So if that's you, right what you said, cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me that I've allowed this to be my appetite. I've allowed this to become my little G God, my, my idol, 
instead of you. And now I'm gonna put my eyes on you and be consumed by you. Maybe for you, for the very first time, you need to give your life to Jesus. He may have brought you right here to open your heart and realize, oh my gosh, he loves me. He wants me to be consumed with him. And right where you sit, you can do it. You can cry out to the Lord right now. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I'm gonna give my life to you. And if that is you, in just in a moment, our hosts are gonna share with you a number that you can text. And all that's gonna let us know is that you prayed and gave your life to Jesus. And we just wanna shout and scream and, and pray for you and get excited and throw a party. That God open up your heart. So speaking of our heart, I have one question I'm gonna leave you. And this is the question. What has captured your heart the most? What captures your heart the most? What consumes your time the most? What controls your happiness the most? So I want you to take a moment, ask yourself that question. What captures your heart the most? Guys, what an awesome message from Pastor Daniel. Just some very practical things and ways to apply this. Um, and if you would like to receive some questions, just to dig deeper, just to take this beyond Sunday morning, uh, all you have to do is text the word REFLECT to our BLC text line, 606-268-9436. And we'll shoot you some questions straight to your phone so you can dig deeper with your family, with your friends, or even by yourself. Just ways to take this beyond Sunday morning. But Connie, what was something that stood out to you in this message? I really like what uh, Pastor Daniel talked about where he, I can see like gluttony being the sin um, as the root of like all addictions. And mm. um, he talked about gluttony as like the American way. And we have so many different addictions and some of them are like life-threatening addictions and some of them are just soul-threatening or relationship-threatening addictions. And I can see that in my own life, like that trying to fill a place that only Jesus can fill, but not knowing or using a substitute and never being satisfied. And so, man, to me, that that really touched, like I can see that all through my life before I met Jesus and even after I met Jesus, like still trying to live that way to satisfy that craving. And it gives you a new perspective on things that I'm choosing this over, you know, ignoring the people around me. And that's, that's kind of tough to hear. Yeah, that's really tough. If I'm being honest, this is like a message I was just dreading to hear all week, just like gluttony. It's one of those things, I guess my first thought is like food, but whenever he was digging deeper and it was just so much more than just food, like social media and entertainment. Just sure, the fact absolutely. That Netflix even asked you, like, are you still there? Are you going to like, continue Like, have you watch? been watching this this long? Yeah. Are you are you really still watching it for like this long? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
but just the fact that it's so easy for us to turn to things to fill us as opposed to turning to the Lord. And it was just very good because I know probably a lot of you, the first thing you think of whenever you think of gluttony is food and just indulging in that, but it's so much more. And it was just it's very good to hear that. But this morning, if you are thirsty, if you are just craving something and you just feel empty, I just encourage you to turn to the Lord. And if this morning you did give, make the decision to give your life to Jesus and just follow him and just be filled up with his spirit. Uh, we, like Pastor Daniel said, we just wanna come alongside you. We wanna celebrate, we'll bring out the maracas, we'll throw a party, and we wanna give you some resources and partner with you on this journey. Like we said, it's just a next step, and it's gonna be a journey. There's gonna be more steps that continue, but this is a huge step to take. And we just wanna connect with you, we wanna celebrate with you, and you can let us know today by texting the word SAVED to 606-268-9436. We'll even send you a Bible if you don't have one. Like we wanna resource you with whatever you need to help you grow in that relationship with Jesus. And like we talked about earlier, we love mailing things to Absolutely. people. Absolutely, we love mail. We love to send it to you and we like we know that you love to receive it. So um, salvation is definitely a great next step. And like I said, we, we love to celebrate that. But there's so many different next steps and everybody has a next step. And so whatever your next step is, we wanna be able to foster that. We wanna be able to help you walk through the next step. So check out our next steps page on our website, betterlife.church slash next steps. Um, maybe, you know, taking more time to read your Bible, learning how to read your Bible, learning how to um, understand it more, being in a small group. Um, there's just so many different next steps that are available and we want to partner with you on that. And if you want to reach out to us to get more information, you can go ahead and do that. We, like, we love to hear from you, Absolutely. Um, especially since we haven't seen you in person for so long. So just, just let us know. And another next step, and just this next step is sort of just like trusting the Lord with your resources. And that's just taking the next step and giving through the church and trusting the Lord in this. And if today you've already given or you've given online, we just wanna thank you so much for partnering with the church. It's because of you and your faithful giving that we're able to help provide people in need with money. We're able to put on events and pour into the kids and the youth and the church and just the community. So we thank you. And if you're wanting to take that next step in giving for the first time, you can do so by visiting our website at betterlife.church slash give now. That's right. And I know Jordan talked about it. We're opening up in uh, person in just two weeks. I don't have my so maracas exciting. anymore. Um, but we are so excited about that. That is just two weeks away. Um, we hope you're just as excited as we are. But before that, we are going to see you right back here next week online and uh, just be able to spend that time with you before we see you in person. 